When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast episode. I don't know, but this is, well, I should know really, this is episode one of a new podcast. Uh, something we're going to bring to you weekly, every Thursday, um, depending on what time we can all meet up. So check Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Joining me this evening is a man who I used to do podcasts with quite frequently, actually, and I haven't spoken to him for a good number of, well, it's been years, I think. But we somehow got connected again over the weekend, and I said, you know what? What a man to bring onto a podcast. James, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad, Craig. It's been it's been way too long, mate. Buzzing for tonight. Way too long. Back to the old Guna Talk days. Blimey. Albert, how are you, sir? I don't need to introduce you. The super sub. I've called upon him again, and here he is, look. I think you've got your mic muted, have you? There you go. There you go. That's it. It's like professionals. (laughs) I always gather professionals. (laughs) No, great. Pleasure to be asked to come on again, mate. Good to do the super sub duties and um, love love the podcast, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Another man you might have seen on, uh, I think, is it the Clock End podcast? Gunnerstown. Oh, sorry, Gunnerstown. Well, the Clock End podcast got a nice little, <laughs> got a bit of advertisement there now. But so, Gunners, some people, some of you might have seen him on the Gunnerstown podcast. Oh, we need, we have a, an extra guest as well. Yeah, it's Chris. How are you, sir? I am super califragilistic expialidocious, even though our central midfield with Xhaka in it may be slightly atrocious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because, you know, how can you how can you stick up? I, I don't know. Poor old Granite. I, I say poor old Granite, but God, the mistake against Burnley is still haunting me. I woke up in a sweat this morning um, having nightmares about it. Shall we start with the team news? 
I said we were going to start with yes. something else, but we'll, we'll start with the team news. Of course, we're we're playing Olympiacos this evening in the last sixteen of the Europa League. Um, I've lost it now, but I shall find it very very quickly. I think Willian is starting again, lads. I'm afraid. He is. I think it's Leno, Yeah, I've got it here now. Here it is. So the team tonight um, is Leno in goal, Bellerin right back, David Luiz, Gabriel in the middle, Tierney left back, Party and Xhaka in the middle of midfield with Saka, William on the wings, Odegaard just behind Aubameyang. Lads, what's your first thoughts um, about that? Can I can I jump in for the first one? So you can, of course. I love the. Uh... Slight faux pas, sorry, Craig, but uh, William on the wings, let's be honest, William on just one wing doing half a job would be useful. Um, the idea that he could do two wings, I mean, please, God, let that be happening tonight. But, uh, frankly, be nice, wouldn't it? I'm a bit of a Pepe appreciator, because, and particularly of late, because I feel like he has been an improvement. I feel like we're seeing a little bit more from him. Perhaps he's finally doing what Arteta says, and he's he's doing that tracking back defensive side of the game. But I would have had William in tonight. I've seen a couple of people talk about, oh, maybe it's uh, it's preserving him for for the North London derby mm. on Sunday. But then for the Burnley game, I saw people saying he's preserving him for the game tonight. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, lads, pick the bones out of that one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Albert. <laughs> You know, William picked again. I said uh, we done a preview show for the Burnley game. I said that he 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 couldn't be dropped. He uh, he couldn't be dropped for the Burnley game because of the man of match performance he gave against Leicester City. It doesn't matter whether you like the player or not. He was man of the match against Leicester, whatever way you want to look at it. Then he comes in against Burnley. Very poor performance again against Burnley, in my opinion. Um, and he's an, and he's awarded another start. In front of a player like Chris says, I'm starting to warm towards Pepe as well. You can see why people will be getting frustrated with Mikhail Arteta at this time. Because you've got Pepe coming in. You, you had Pepe coming in, just starting to look good. Yeah. And then he's dropped. That's, that's the thing. Like, when um, William was in the team against Burnley, like, irrespective of whatever you think of him, like you said, Craig, I, I understood it for football reasons. Because if a guy's played well in the previous game, and was given man of the match. That's going to look a little bit odd if he's not in the starting lineup for the following week. But then you could flip it and ask the question: Will Pepe play well against Leicester? And he's on the bench. So, you know, and as for the team selection for tonight, Craig, I've said to you probably about a million times that trying to second guess Mikel Arteta is impossible. You got you, you you know it is it just it, there always seems to be you like you're scratching your head as to why you're trying to think footballer reasons why he's picked um, certain players. I've seen in the chats someone talking about Olympiacos and they play a low block. I get it if you if you're going purely by how they've done in their in their league performances. Yes, you can talk about the strength of the Greece league if you want, but they've got a very good defensive record, man. Um, but then my argument is, irrespective of a team plays a low block or not. Why would you not play Pepe? Mm. Like that—that's my—that'll be my alternative question. So, Craig, I've like I said, I've given up trying to guess what Arteta's thinking. I've got no issue with the centre backs actually, um, with Gabriel and Louise. I did pick that sort of my predicted lineup. Um, I think most people would have had Cedric in over Bellerin because you just, you just got a better relationship with whoever, whether it's Saka on the right or Pepe on the left. 
um, whether Cedric plays right or left back, there's just a better relationship there. And luckily, Tini's starting tonight. So, yeah, Odegaard in for um, ESR, not an issue, uh, either or, Craig, for me. Um, different, yes, Emil Smith-Rowe goes in behind the strikers. Um, um, you know, Odegaard's more of a creator and a silky passer. But, yeah, as long as we get the job done tonight, then Arteta will feel, will feel vindicated. But if it goes pear-shaped, again, there's going to be a lot of questions asked. Yeah, yeah, he's got to get it right. James, long are the days, mate, when we could sit on a podcast and kind of get the team right every week. We, we, we'd we sit there and we'd, we'd call it out every week. Uh, under Mikhail Arteta, you couldn't, like, like, like Albert says, you can't call... No. Uh, a, a first eleven with Arteta in charge, James. What, what's your feelings on 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 this first eleven this evening? I think, funnily enough, like the, probably the last time we podcasted together, Arteta was still playing for Arsenal. Um, <laughs> now he's managing the team. Um, and you're right. No, you you can't call what he's going to do. And I, I like that uncertainty, that that unpredictability. But it means you know we've got no real fluid fluid style eleven. You know, you look at teams like Manchester City, they. they more often than not, play a pretty solid foundation of a team with a few small changes week upon week, which is obviously why they're such a great side. And looking at that team tonight, I mean, it's very similar to one we saw against Burnley. And I am surprised William starts because I thought Pepe, um, despite missing those opportunities against Burnley, it was only when he came on that the game really started to turn in our favour. Um, but I think it was interesting what Arteta said when he wasn't making those substitutions for the likes of Pepe and Martinelli, that the likes of William are the players that work better against low blocks in tight spaces to make some sort of magic. I can understand that in a way. Like Pepe and Martinelli are more when it opens up a bit and I think we might see them come into play. You know, if we've got a one-goal lead with 30 minutes to go, you might see them introduced and maybe that's when we get two, three, maybe four. I'm very wishful thinking there, but it's um, it's an interesting lineup, uh, And I think there's a few tweaks I would have made. Definitely, I think I'm in agreement. Um, that I would like to have seen Cedric start. I think he's been phenomenal apart from that mistake he made against uh, Aston Villa. And I think Murray's a, a good shout to start this game. I think um, Louise and Gabriel have got similar qualities. They're both quite combative players. And Murray, for me, I know a little bit questionable on the goal that we can see against Leicester, but he just brings that sense of calm um, to the back line. And I think uh, you don't really get that so much with, with Gabriel. But I really like that Gabriel, you know, he's a hitting really good tackler more of a, a, an electrifying defender, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it's. It, I think it's a good team. I think it's certainly a team that's capable of winning that game. But it's, um, yeah, if we don't win it, then certainly I think people are going to be referring back to it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it is a big, massive game. Um, it, it's, it's a competition we need to stay in. It's a competition that we need to win. Unfortunately, I haven't got the confidence that we are going to win it. I don't think we are going to win the Europa League. I think there's too many teams in it that are better than us, um, to be honest. Chris, is this a is this a defining game of of Mikhail Arteta's season? I mean, we come we're, we're coming up to a week, you know, a weekend now where we've got Olympiacos, we have Spurs in the North London derby at the weekend, and then Olympiacos again. I mean, not not tonight is defining. I think the next three um, could be he's defining. Yeah, I think we get a get out of jail free, not to get out of jail free card, but we have a a slight sort of, we have a little bit of a get out of jail card um, because we have the second leg. But for me, the challenge that we've got tonight is that we have to basically get the away goals. 
because it's really weird because European football has essentially been flipped in that home advantage is means bugger all these days because yeah. you've essentially got to get your you've got to play in front of no fans and get your away goals and then go back. You know, the only advantage for European football these days is the lack of travel time, uh, which I think actually, by the way, is an absolute joke that Tottenham get rewarded by playing a home game and then getting to play the uh, the North London derby, having uh, not doing any travel time. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just being a bit over the top, but season-defining? Um, I think that perhaps today is. Like, people have said the next, like you just said, the next three games are season-defining. I think potentially tonight is, because imagine if we lose tonight, then all of a sudden there's the confidence for the weekend and then there's the Olympiacos match that we, at home that we have to turn around knowing that they could get a scabby corner and nod one in and all of a mm. sudden we've got the away goals. So there's that part of it. Um, and then the second part of it is, if, if it all, it's the confidence part more than anything else, but the second part of it is, where do we go from here when we play Tottenham at the weekend if we, if we lose tonight? So I actually wonder... If I don't want to be a bit too dramatic, but I do wonder if tonight is a, you know, win this. And imagine if we win this really, really well. If we win this, yeah. we're not going to. But imagine if we do four, five, you know, or at least get a two or three goal advantage, you know, wishful thinking. But if we do that, then suddenly Arteta's thinking, maybe I can actually go hell for leather for the North London derby and rotate a few players for the uh, home leg. Don't know. I like your way of thinking, mate. Ah, but what would you say about that? I mean... I think we're being, I mean, going on Twitter today, there's people, I mean, I predicted I predicted a 2-0 win, but I've seen people predicting 3, 4, 5 nil. I mean, you know, this Olympiacos team, they're, they're not going to be that easy of a rollover uh, and a team that knocks us out <laughs> of the last competition. So, like, like Chris says... It would be it would be a great it would be a great thing if we could if we could win by two three four um, and have that high confidence going back into the North London derby. But do you think people are underestimating Olympiacos a little bit? Because I think they are. Yeah, I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the whole three four nil. I don't know where that comes from. That that confidence. I don't. You know, we lost to this team last season in the same competition and. You know, like I said to you earlier, like irrespective of whatever you want to think of other domestic leagues, like they're like they're obviously no mugs, man. Like they've to Craig to play in any type of era of football and win twenty of your twenty five games and only lose yeah. one. You, you 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 know you're not a rubbish team. You, there, yeah. there, was, I mean, there must be, there must be something about you. Nigel brings up a great point in the chat. They're not PSV Eindhoven out in the last round, you know. Exactly. So yeah, they're no mugs, you know. Yeah, they've got some players that can hurt us. So I'm a bit, I'm a little bit, I understand wanting to be, you know, positive and, and, and confident your team want to do the job. But on the same token, that's got to come with a bit, a little bit of caution um, just because this is a cup competition and anything can happen. And on top of that, I've, I said to you last time, Craig, um, and I always believe this, when you go away in the first leg of an European tie, for me, it's imperative you've got to score. You yeah. have to score. It leaves you wide open in the second leg. And, you know, I've gone for an Arsenal 2-1 win. I, I I don't think this will be... I think this will be quite a tricky game. Um, I'll stick my neck on the line and say that. But, yeah, I'm a bit confused by the, the, the sort of overconfidence with the scorelines. I don't really get it, mate. Yeah, same here. I mean, Manchester City... Have only, I think Manchester, last time Manchester City played and Brad brings up a great point there. Manchester City only beat them 1-0. So... 
I think I think a lot of people are underestimating them, and I think that's why we come unstuck the last time we played them. James, um, going back to the starting lineup, Abamyang down the middle. Um, a lot of people getting their wish to see Abamyang down the middle. What what are your feelings on him going down the middle tonight, and how important is he to this team? To you know, to draw. When I say how important is it, I mean it in in a way of it's important that he plays well because I feel that when he plays well, the rest of the team just come together. And when he's poor, the rest of the team is poor. He's a massive influence on the team. How important is it that he plays well tonight? Yeah, yeah, hugely important. Um, just going back to the previous point though quickly, I mean, yep. where these three, four nil predictions are coming from, it's absolutely no, mental. We, we, we played Olympiacos, what, so many times, like probably over the past decade, I can't remember playing them in uh, 2012-13, I think. Yeah, played them a long, long time. Uh, ten times. times. We've played yeah. them ten times in the last, uh, I think it's like eight years. And we've won five and lost five. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times have they given us an easy game? Like, it's it's never, ever been the case when we've played them. Like, normally, if we were playing them in normal circumstances, this would be... You know, I'd, predicting maybe a 1-0 win at best because they've got such good home fans. It's such a difficult game. Um, and it's a massive game for them as well. Like this, as much as it is a cup final to us, it's also a cup final to them. And they've still got some class players in there. I mean, even at 36 years old, Balbuena is class. They've got Jan and Villa, who's doing really well for them, ironically. Yeah. Um, so they've got a really good set of players. And I think this team that they've got now is better than the one that beat us last year. So we've got no right to be confident, especially yeah. the way we, I mean- we ship goals. I was reading that Mikhail Arteta said that he, someone said to him, you know, are you are you worried because Olympia, because you've hit the nail on the head there, that they've got a better team um, than last year. I mean, that's the only real big argument I think he's got in, in that sense. But he's still like only 70, 80% there. I don't think he's fully, you know, hit the, hit the levels we've to hit yet. Um, and then we've got so many players that dip in and out of form. Um, but relating back to your previous question about Aubameyang, yeah, I think um, when he plays well, the whole team, plays well but uh, I think he, what, what changed is at the minute is it's quite hard to say but I think it, bringing in Erdogan finding that role for Smith Rose really allowed Abamyang to, to play with a lot more freedom and just make that central striking role work for him whereas it wasn't before I think when we were going through that horrendous run towards the end of last year and he was playing up top and he just did nothing he was completely missing all the games doesn't seem to be the case anymore seems to link play quite well seems to be involved in a lot more but what I don't understand is when the game isn't going for us and we put the ball into the box like 10, 20, 30 times, it's absolutely pointless because we've got no one in the team that is going to put their head on that. And that's the one frustrating thing about us is when we do want to play that route one football, which of course, you know, it totally goes against what Arteta wants to do. But sometimes if you're chasing the game, you've got to do it. We've got no one, absolutely no one that's going to put their head in it up top. Arguably, you know, we've got Mario, Louise, Gabriel that can get their head on it. But in terms of strikers, no one, absolutely no one. Yeah, well, that's why I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm hoping that there's, um, I'm hoping there's a bit of truth in these uh, Eduard rumours. Uh, the lad from Celtic, I'd yeah. love to see him come down here um, and play for Arsenal. And I hope, yeah, I, I hope, I hope Agent Tierney uh, is 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 onto that. Uh, Chris, you said that there was there was no there was no advantage in European football at the moment, but. I think it's a massive advantage that we go to Greece to an empty stadium tonight. Um, I think it's a big advantage to us because can you imagine, you know, that that ground full, 
with them flying high. I've, I, I think I think it's a big advantage for us to go away and play in an empty stadium. I mean, absolutely, mate. Um, just simply because of the lack of flares, you know, blurring the vision for Xhaka uh, knocking the ball into his own net. I mean, that's got to be an advantage as it is. Or, 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 or David Luiz sort of blinding himself whilst he's slowly walking uh, with the ball at his feet for five minutes and just sort of blinding his eyes so he can't see those players and someone, someone nicking the ball from his feet. But uh, do you know what? In all seriousness, you're right. Um, I saw, like, I saw the... I saw the announcement that we got these guys over two legs. I really don't want to jinx it because what are we, like 35 minutes before kickoff of the first leg? So I really don't want to jinx it touching wood here. But I thought to myself, what are the things that Olympiacos have that are their sort of advantage? And a partisan home crowd is one of them. And so not having that, you're almost a bit like, well, okay, so you go pound for pound again famous last words, go pound for pound, they're starting 11 versus our starting 11. They're playing a centre-half. Here we, here we go. This is Chris's famous last words because he's going to nod one in at the near post. They're playing a centre-half who didn't even get into our squad. Yeah. 32-year-old Sogladis who didn't get into our squad. Pound for pound, you look at it on paper, this team, this Arsenal team, is better than Olympiacos. However, this Arsenal team was miles better than Burnley. And look what happened there. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I think the lack of fans, I really hope that, that Arsenal put on a proper display tonight. I'd love for them to just show their authority. This whole Arteta going back, as you mentioned, you know, why don't you do it tonight, mate? You know, no fans in the stadium, a team that's not as good as yours, just don't brain fart. Just don't silly back pass. Just don't knock the ball against uh, uh, opposing strikers so they can just... (laughs) Ones that are standing in front of the goal. Yeah, Yeah. just don't do that. Just don't beat yourselves. Absolutely. And uh, we have been beating ourselves out, but haven't we recently? Um, We, you know, Chris brings up a great point there. And Harry says, um, Harry says here, Chris, he loves the way that you say... Socrates properly. Socrates. I learned from the man himself when we used to do radio to Socrates. There you go. There Big you go, Big up Harry in the chat. Good, Harry. Big up Harry in the chat, of course. <laughs> go and subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna. Um, head over there and subscribe to Harry's channel. Hopefully, he'll be back on Monday for the same old Arsenal podcast. There's a bit of backup for me. I've missed him. I've missed him. There's no one, back, there's no one backing me up. I'm getting bullied by Potts and, and, and judges. Albert, should we talk about what Arteta said today in his press conference that he hopes, well, or he's waiting for the Big Bang to happen? So are we. So are we, Mikel. So are we. Yeah. Um, I don't you know what. Mikel Arteta is an interesting one, man. I mean, when he first um, got the job, I think for, I speak for most fans when he gave that sort of press conference with confidence and articulated his words and he had people sold, man. Um, Obviously, the inexperience has shown at some points of the season which it was going to be the case and he's come across a little bit rattled in um, some of his press conferences and people are thinking, what's this guy talking about that we're playing well and we should have won the game and we're thinking we're seeing a completely different game. But um, sort of touch on what you said earlier about... um, kind of mentioned like season defining moments of the season um 
Yeah, I kind of thought the next three games, including tonight, are, are going to define our season. I know, obviously, in the Premier League, it's it's been it's been a poor campaign, man. Like, and I think I'm being polite by just saying poor because you could use stronger words. Trust me, the Twitter and Instagram for that. But um, <laughs> it's um, it's it's um, but because of the fixture we've got next, obviously North London derby, we don't want to be, you know, them having a six pointer over us this season, man. I mean, that rubbed the salt into the wound even more. So. Um, yeah, tonight's massive, man. I've said it to you before, mate. Um, it's a long time since you won an European trophy, so it's about time we um, put that right and um, created some history at this football club, man. And listen, with the Arteta thing, listen, I want the guy to do well. Has he helped himself this season? Absolutely not with some of the things he says and his substitutions. But this is the critical point of the season now where you do or die, man. If he's going to hang his hat on the likes of William, David Luiz, Bellerin, it will be. It will inevitably be his downfall. Um, if, but you know what? If yeah, they don't yeah. play well. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, mate, if he gets it, if we get the win tonight, I couldn't care less if we play well or not, mate. If we get the right, if we get the right result tonight, more than happy. But yeah, you know, you know, he's in the hot seat. This is what he. This is what he wanted. You know, he's yeah. going to make tough, tough decisions. Exactly, James. We we support a club with a. A beautifully reactionary fan base um, on social media. Mm. The team that he's picked, we're all surprised at. But James, if this team goes out tonight and wins two, three, four nil, it'll be an Arteta masterclass. Mm. Yeah, I think there's I, not, not much else to add on to that. Mate. It would be, it would absolutely yeah. be phenomenal. And going back, what's your to, what, what's your feelings on him then? What's your what's your? I mean, because when when he was first appointed. A lot, I mean, I, I, I've stuck up for him over this past, over the season. And I must admit, when he was first, when he was first given the job, I was very, I was like, oh God, I was very underwhelmed by his appointment. Yeah, I could definitely appreciate that because you want, for a club like Arsenal, you want this article, don't you? you want, you're looking at Ancelotti, Allegri, you want these guys to come in and just immediately take us to a Premier League title. But um, the frustrating thing when we put, appointed Arteta was that I, f- I felt like we finished a year and a half too late. Like we could be a year and a half further down the line with the project, which is what we're all kind of invested into. Whereas we wasted that year and a half with Emery, which, you know, we saw some progress. We saw a lot of terrible, terrible performances especially towards the end. And we saw very similar performances with Arteta towards the end of 2020. And I honestly thought if we lost that game against Chelsea, that, that'd be it. That'd be a bit because the performances were as bad as the Emery ones. I don't want to say that, but they were like that's that's the reality. But since then, since we beat Chelsea, I think we're showing glimmers of what was so exciting about his appointment. I think the football we're playing is very slowly coming to the way that he wants to play. I think we've been extremely unfortunate in some of the games that we have lost. Looking at the one against Wolves, um, I thought we were horribly unfortunate in that game. Um, and I mean that's that's one of many this season but again it's fine margins and the amount of games we've lost by one goal this season is, is monumental I'm not saying that's an excuse and it makes things any better but I definitely think the football we're playing and, and what is really coming to the fore now and that's why he's making statements saying that we're you know, coming close to this big bang and I don't think it's round the corner I still think it's a year or two away yet but I look at the players we've got and I look at you know where we need those micro improvements and I don't think we're far off I'm not saying we're far off being a title-challenging team, but I don't think we're far off being a good top-four side or a team that plays regular good football. It's just we're making mid-table mistakes at the minute. And we've got too many players that have those brain-dead moments. And I think um, if you look at his tenure from when he started, 
He tried to play this style of football immediately, saw it didn't work, reverted that free back system where he got the best out of the likes of someone like Danny Sabahs, who doesn't figure anywhere near as much now, the best out of someone like Mustafi, Kalasnach, these types of players, um, that we're now slowly moving out the door. That was temporary. It won us the up, and now he's trying to implement his style of play, and it's taking time, and it's passing the roads. I just think... I think, you know, you can't abandon what is moving in the right direction at the minute. And if we won that game against Burnley, we won that game against Wolves, we won the countless others that we've been so unfortunate in this season. As I say, I'm not making excuses because we do shoot ourselves in the foot so often. Mm. But if we just had nine more points on the board, the complexion of our season just looks so different yeah. going into these final changes. It changes so games. much. It changes yeah, so much. I mean... We, we, we've got the, I mean, it's mad to even say it. We've got the third best defensive record in the league. Imagine if we could score a few goals. Imagine, <laughs> imagine where we'd be if we could score a few goals. Chris? Yeah, so I just wanted to build on actually what Cookie was just talking about and your original point, um, Craig. So it's interesting because when Wenger went and we were linked to Arteta and that was on the verge of being done. And then suddenly Emery turned up. Yeah. Do you know what? I think it was about two weeks or a week or two before I put a blog out, which said, I'm not too sure about a guy that has not done nothing. In, you know, he's done nothing in terms of his managerial career for a club like Arsenal. We should be looking at proven track record. Mm. What about someone like Unai Emery? Because, you know, he's done it in Seville um, in terms of winning trophies and he's, you know, albeit, there were question marks in Paris Saint-Germain. He did it at Paris Saint-Germain. Why don't we give that a try? So when actually we thought, when we announced Emery, I was really pleased. I thought, it's a guy who's won trophies. You know, it could work. We all know how that particular story panned out. And when we were then looking at Arteta, I started to, again, my worries started to manifest themselves again. But... I spoke to a couple of people. I spoke to people like um, my good mate, um, Dave Seager, Guna Dave, uh, 66. And he said to me that he'd spoken to a few coaches in the game and stuff like that who had said, this guy's the real deal. This guy knows how to coach himself a proper team. Like, he tactically, he knows what he's talking about. So I started to tick up to, to sort of take notice and say, okay, well, let's let's do it. And then when we actually announced it, I thought, all right, let's see what he's got. And then when he flipped us into, all right, you – you know, we were started to we started to see a structure to the team. We started to see some solidity. Even this season, we've started to see some solidity. I've had points in time in which I've thought, all right, he's clearly a good coach. But I think the real question for me is his evolution and next step. Because I've also seen people say, Oh, look what like after the Leeds game or after the Leeds game, look, he's got a full week with the players and look, he's managed to coach that sort of result, you know, great stuff. But in my head, I'm thinking, all right, that's fine. But in top flight elite football, you don't get a week all the time to coach football teams. Great point. You have to do it every two or three games. There's no excuses. So in my head, I still back Arteta. I think he's a great coach. I think he's doing good things. I think he needs to be backed by the um, management or the, the guys that are running Arsenal. And I think we need to... This summer for me will be the, the litmus test because if he can get rid of some of those players, the El Ninnies, you know, I, I hate I hate to say this, but the Willocks, the Maitland Niles, the Eddie Nketiahs, let's let's have a little bit of a clear up. Let's make some money and let's let's say to him, all right, now this is your charge, mate. Like, oh, and by the way, if we get to October and we're going through another three or four game terrible run, you've got to hold your hands up and be ready to be uh, to, to be put down because. Everyone's given you a bit of a pass 
and me too. But and so this season for me, if we don't win the Europa League, I'm kind of like done with it. But when we get to October time, I'm going to start asking questions. I totally agree with you, mate. I've like I, I have backed him all the season. Sorry, Craig, can I jump in there? Sorry. Of course you can, mate, yeah. yeah. So just oh, for, for all you guys, really, I mentioned it last time on um, the channel, Craig. Um, Cookie, just to back up what you said, does it was it worry you a little bit that... Like, Arsenal's a massive club, but, you know, in the three, in three of the most key, um, you know, parts of the club in terms of your head coach or first team manager, technical director and... Um, Obviously, CEO and like they're all they're all inexperienced, man. Like I've never seen that happen in a football club in my life. Um, aside of of our club or or a big club, where that's does that does that does that worry you in terms of the recruitment? Um, you know whether he would get back. Does is that does that play a little bit of a factor? Yeah, there's there's a lot that worries me about it to be honest, because we got so much yeah. of it wrong. Like we brought in Raul Sinelli and then he was out the door kind of before he even got his foot on the table. Um so there's been so much mismanagement there. So so many you know, even going back to Sven Mislintat, who's just come out yeah. and, and said a load of things about Arsenal. I mean, we've got so much of this wrong um post Arsenal. Um so I mean, yeah, it is obviously a concern. But I think the early signs that we're seeing from Edu are positive. I mean, he's got some things right, bringing in the likes of Gabriel, Thomas Party, had a stink of billion. Um, but, you know, if he can play himself in some form towards the end, that might not look like the horrendous signing that it was looking like. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm not I'm not appraising that William signing anyway because he's been rubbish for 90% of it. That's um, facts. But I think it, it's inexperienced there. But I think, you know, it's just, it's also the way of the world a little bit. Like the young have to come in for the old at some point. Um, I'm not saying, you know, that's always good and it should be a great process. Uh, but I, I think he's a very, very intelligent people. I think Arteta is extremely intelligent. I think Edu's intelligent. I think Vinay, so many people speak very, very highly of him. Um, if these guys can be backed by the people at the top of the tree, KSE, then I think the future looks very bright for Arsenal. And I think these are all people that work really well in tandem. They seem to have a really good harmony together. Um, and I just think this this summer, like Chris says, is, is the litmus test because we, yeah. you know, two or three really good signings. How many times have we said this? We'll make us a much better side you know we've got Tierney we've got Party, we've got Gabriel um, you know someone like Cedric's playing well we've got good squad options the likes of Mari we've got a really good foundation of a team we just need like two really good signings at the very least and we we, we can comfortably talk about getting a top four uh, finish next season obviously depending on how we end this season but I think um yeah just going back to your question it is a concern but I think um, there's positive signs to be taken out of all of them just want to bring this one in. Um, thank you very much to the real Giannis. I hope I've said that right. Uh, I've been angry all season, um, but I am William. <laughs> Look, I'll come back to Chris on this one, Chris. I've, I've said it on numerous podcasts that it's got to be contractual or something for William. It's the only excuse I can find because... I don't think there's any football manager in world football that keep that keeps throwing him out because he's for me he just keep, he's throwing him out to the dogs every time every week. William, you can see it on Twitter. You see the reaction to it now on social media. Oh, William again. That's it. I've had enough. I'll tatter out. He is throwing William out there every week to the dogs. And like James says, ninety percent of the season he's been awful. He's had he had a great game against Leicester City. He was man of the match for me. No one can argue it. Do you think he's contractual that he's got to play so many minutes? He's got to start so many games? I mean, and if it is, 
whoever done that deal, which I, you know, whoever whoever signed that deal off, who I think's already been sacked, <laughs> would you know? Do you think it's contractual? Because I, I I just can't see why William keeps getting played. I don't think it's contractual. Um, I think all right. I'm going to go sort of uh, old school here. So. When I was a little kid, I had a Mega Drive and uh, I um, played FIFA International Soccer, the first FIFA. That's so did I. What a game. And Stefano Alpini for Italy. Oh. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, I did France World Cup. I was fr- I, I did France. And there was a uh, young player in it called Yves Pompadour. And he played number seven and I played him as a right winger constantly. And ratings wise, he was terrible compared to the other players. But because he was a Literally, the stats said young player, like, you know, his ratings. I was like, I'm going to play him every game. I don't care. And I think I think he, he became my player. And I think this is the crux of the William discussion. He is an Arteta player. Arteta this summer, how many players has he properly signed that he's got back and get behind? It's party. Well, we can all see that's a no-brainer. I mean, the Arsenal scouting yeah. network basically just said, here's your silver platter. Just pick him up. And he picked him up. And unfortunately, he was made of glass was the second that he joined for Arsenal. But um, William is exactly the same. Arteta said, I like, you know, Edu probably, Edu and, you know, Kia um, Drabshan probably said, this guy's a free transfer. Um, he's on, here you go, here's your silver platter. And Arteta's thinking, I've got an absolute Premier League ready-made midfielder or right winger, whatever it is. And he said, yeah, all right, I'll have that. So he's probably gone to my, my gut feel. He's gone to Stan. He's gone to the powers that be. And he said, do you know what? I want this guy. Do you want this guy? I want this guy. Really? He's 32. Yeah, I want him. You want him for, what, three years? Yeah, I want him. Please. And they've said, do you know what? You've just won us the FA Cup. This is your kind of goodwill purchase, if you like. So we'll back you. So they've said, we'll back you and we'll back you on party as well. And what's happened? Willian has turned out to be an absolute crock and has been terrible. Sorry, party's the crock so far. Although I've got a feeling that, you know, it's all muscular. There's other things that sit yeah. around it. So I think he's going to be an absolute immense talent for us, probably for the rest of the season, hopefully into next season. But Willian is his kind of, he's his cherry on top. He is his star on top of the Christmas tree. And he said, I want that star on top of the Christmas tree. And they delivered it to him. And so now he's like, that star's run out of batteries. And all of the sparkles come off of it. But I'm still going to stick it on the Christmas tree because otherwise I'm going to look like a bit of a dick. So that's my gut feel. But there's only, it comes to a point where I'm going really analogy bad now, where you've had the parents over or you've had the family over over Christmas. And you get to the point where you're about five five days into it and they're all saying to you, even your father-in-law saying to you, mate, that, that star on that Christmas tree is shit. Get a new one. And eventually, <laughs> you, go, brilliant, I think it's eventually you go, all right. Eventually you go, all right, I will. And you just have your tail behind, between your legs. You pick the Christmas tree off and you just whack a bauble on there until you get to next Christmas. And that's where we're at. <laughs> I think we're at the borderline of a bauble. We're going to have a bauble stuck on there until the end of the season after the next few games. And then I think I'm hoping that next season he gets himself a new start. A new I'm start. sorry, I'm going into a rack. I've probably had a couple of Ab- beers too many. So absolutely, I know. Absolutely brilliant. I couldn't have put it better myself. It's a, um, it's a good point. It is. Um, you know why it is, Craig? Because um, 
it's a key thing you mentioned. It's Arteta's player, and it's no coincidence. Like the likes of Guendouzi and and Torreira, they're not Pepe. They're not his. Not his signings. They're not his players. Mm-hmm. And it is relevant with the art with the William thing. A great analogy, by the way, Cookie. But um, it was, it was yeah, it, it's it it is relevant, and I, I don't think it's that great. I mean, you know, if you, if you've got a set of players there, you know, as the coach try and coach the best out of them to incorporate it into the team, but. Like Cookie said, it's you know that's Williams, his man, that he's bought on his watch that he must have wanted. That him. was Chris, mate. I can't, that was I can't Chris. Take the yeah, credit yeah. for Chris's analogy. No. That was absolutely <laughs> superb. I, I couldn't you make take that. it. I tell you what, you take it, and I'll take the credit for all of your videos. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about this point here that comes in from Stan the Man? Thanks, Stan. Uh, watching all the way over in Vancouver. I hope you're all right, mate. Hope all is well. Mike, uh, Mikel throws out Ozil, who was on loads of wedge a week. Uh, he can't do that again with William, especially as Mikel was the one who was in, was um, who what you know integral to bring yeah, him here. Yeah. Great point. Mm, it's true. Very true. James, what do you say on that? I mean, we've got William until he's thirty-five, so this is going to be really, really exciting. Um, I mean, I, I, what can we expect from a thirty-four-year-old William going to the final year of his contract? I mean, based on what he's he's doing now, nothing, absolutely nothing, and it's it's ludicrous that deal. Like a two year deal, fine, but we know that's why that Chelsea want a three year deal. But yeah. from what I'm seeing now, I don't see a player that's going to be able to to still play at the top level at 35. I mean, some players can do it very very well, um, but he he not one of them in my opinion, and it's going to get messy. Like in the final year of his contract, even even you know this summer, it's going to get messy because if he has another terrible run in then everyone's going to be saying we've got to get rid of him. And it's um, it's going to be really, really interesting because how do you get rid of someone like that? Because if he's mm. on a 200 a week pay packet, he's quite comfortable. He's got a restaurant in London with David Luiz. He doesn't want to leave London. Um, we know he loves going out to Dubai. I think this says quite a bit about his personality. Um, I, I, I'm not sure having him around the squad is necessarily a good thing, but how do you get rid of him? It's the exact same situation as the Ozil one. Um, unless, you know, he goes through in which case, you know, we agree a deal similar to the one with Socrates where we terminate the contract, send him over there for nothing. Um, either way, it's one of the worst possible transfers this club oh, I've yeah. seen us make. By, yeah, by I, I, miles, the deal's ridiculous. I agree. I, am, I massively agree. Uh, this one comes in again from Giannis. Thank you very much, mate. Um, he's saying that he, Mikhail Arteta needs to prove his managerial bottle and, and take it on the chin about William and say it, it isn't working. Um, and, and start playing Pepe. Chris, what would you say about that? Uh, well, as I said earlier, I'm on the Pepe hype train. And I'm going to... I'm gonna. Do you know what it is about Pepe? Is He's an X-factor player, in my opinion. Like, And the problem, the challenge that we've got, with, any team has with X-factor players, is that sometimes you get the X-factor and sometimes you get the what the F is he doing on the football field factor. And a lot of people have likened him to Jovino, which I think is really harsh because Jovino's forehead yeah, just—it it just boggled the mind. So I don't think Pepe's forehead even comes close mind. to it. So I tell you what, Craig, you're having a go. It's not far off, is it? <laughs> I jest. I'm sorry. It's all good love. It's all good. No, love. it's all—it's all—it's all good. I've—I've—I've I've, I've been trying to fight the baldness for about three years, and last Saturday I said to the wife, "I give up. Shave it off." So now I've I've I'm I'm growing a beard now to make up for the less for the for the le- lack of hair on my head. 
Nice, nice. Do you know what? Actually, some in the comments, um, Bearded Guna Media has just said is a, uh, Pepe is a maverick, he's an agent of chaos. Do you know that is absolutely yeah. spot on? Mm, absolutely. He is, he is, that's what I mean by X Factor. He is, you don't know what you're going to get, but I tell you what you are going to get. You are going to get somebody like, if we don't know what he's doing, if Arteta doesn't know what he's doing, does anybody actually think that any defence know what he's going to be doing? So that's why, you know, he's, he's, his legs are everywhere. And yeah, it's frustrating. But I tell you what, I'd rather have that than somebody that is just bringing the ball up to the, the D of the opposition box, checking back and playing the ball in the field. Yeah, the horseshoe football. Yeah. We don't want to see that. I want to see somebody. I'd rather see. That's why we love Alexis Sanchez. I'd rather see somebody that does a couple of stepovers that drops a shoulder and three times out of four doesn't beat a man. And I curse at the TV. I tell you what, when he does beat a man and he breaks that line and all of a sudden you've got him bearing down on goal and you've got that's a, a scenario. So he, he's breaking the, he's, he's beating the, his, his left back. He's now bearing down towards goal. Your centre half's got to come in and follow. And all of a sudden, if he's following, that gives space to other players. Now, the challenge that we've had at Arsenal is that we're not getting enough bodies into the box. If we're getting more bodies into the box because the likes of Pepe are dragging defenders out of space, then that's the likes of, you know, the likes of Aubameyang. They'll have a field day with that sort of stuff because he can move into space. And as soon as Aubameyang's got space, we're in. We're scoring. Absolutely. I mean, Stan, another great one. Look, Pepe's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, so true. Um, this one coming in from uh, Wayne. Uh, United and AC Milan are 1-1 at Old Trafford. And I do believe it was a 90-second minute equaliser for AC Milan. Who are we getting uh, in the next round? Is that, is that, that that's yeah, not, that's, ready. I don't know if they've done it. No, like I'm that. making that up. I'm just chucking <laughs> it in there. I, I thought so. Jeez, jeez. My, my, my heart just went, what? <laughs> if I had to choose. Goodness me, that's a good question. There's some good teams left in it other than just... There is it. some great teams left in it. That's why I just don't think we have no chance whatsoever. Uh, people happened. are telling me that Rangers have drawn 1-1 as well. Um... Uh, would I against United or AC Milan? Or would I, I'd have to say Man United because I, I think AC, AC Milan are flying, aren't they? Um, I'd have to say Manchester United. I, I think, well, they're up the top of the, the league, aren't they? In, in Italy, they're up there or they're thereabouts. They're not, they're not, but they're up there, though, aren't they? They are, but recently they had some really, really bad results. I remember because I had them in the I know they lost the derby, didn't they? They lost the derby, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they did. yeah. 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 Mm. What, AC Milan? They're on the same, yeah. they're on the same country. They lost. They lost to Inter Milan. The Derby. They lost the Derby. I mean, they're no, they the lost team. the Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'll go on mute. I'll go on mute. People are telling me that we're a cup team. Um, I don't know where that comes from either, to be honest. That's... Yeah, don't want to go back to the early 90s again, mate. No, no. Um... AC, yeah, I'd, I'd take Manchester United if I had to play. If I had to play one of the two, because I think we know more about them. We we, we see them every week. Um, that would be my only real, you know, my real reason to pick them. Really, it's ten to eight, lads. Kickoff time is bearing down on us, so we'll get some uh, score predictions. Starting with Albert, big game, mate. You wow. you said it yourself yeah, for mate. these three games. Yeah, three these three games finals, are going to be three cup finals. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. what do you reckon mate uh, <clears throat> I mean 
I was, I was going to stick with my original scoreline. It was, I think we'll sneak it 2-1. Um, it'd be interesting to see how defensively good they are, actually, Olympiacos. But time will tell. They've got a good centre-half in, what's his name again? Ruben Semedo, who's um, very highly thought of. Um, but yeah, 2-1, I think we could sneak it. We could sneak it, mate. James, what about you, mate? I'll go 2-0, uh, mate. Uh, William Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, could what's you the equivalent imagine? of a knighthood in Brazil? I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take. I'll take one 0 over Socrates' own goal. Uh, Chris, what about you, mate? Well, I love five aside, so I'm going to go uh, seven eight Arsenal. <laughs> imagine what a game that would be. What oh, a game! What a game to watch. We've come to the end of the first episode of Four Men in a Mic. I hope you've all enjoyed it. It's a bit more relaxed um, yeah, 100%. than Monday nights. Yeah. And of course, we can talk about anything. It doesn't have to be about Arsenal. It can, it can also, we can also talk about other stuff. There was other stuff I wanted to talk about. But look, we got into a deep conversation about uh, the game tonight, which I suppose for an Arsenal podcast isn't so bad. Mm. We'll be back next Thursday, hopefully uh, at the same time. About seven o'clock, I'm going to have a chat with the lads here to see um, if it's something they want to continue. And uh, it seems like you've liked it. Over 100 of you came in and watched us live this evening. So thank you very much indeed for coming along and listening to us rant on. Well, not rant on, I suppose. Blabber on? Yeah, blabber on. It wasn't It wasn't really ranting on, was it? Good, solid conversation, mate. That's it was a good, it solid conversation, I think so. I think so too. So the last thing for me to do is to say, James, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you again, sir. And hopefully you'll be back next week. Well, I'm set, mate. Thanks for having me on, Craig. It's been, yeah, it's been way too, too overdue and it was worth it entirely for that uh, Christmas tree analogy from Chris. That's made my ear now. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, hopefully it might, it may, it may go viral. Um, yeah. That, so let, let's hope so, eh? Will you, uh, Pepe, Pepe is a player um, who has been likened to a tree on a, a, a star on a Christmas tree. Chris, this has been our first chat uh, in person. Yeah. And I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it, mate. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on. And again, I hope that you'll come on again next week as well. Of course. Of course. Always great chatting, mate. Absolutely. And thank you very much indeed for your time. Albert, my super sub. My... So do you know what? Someone had a go at me the other day for calling for liking you to Nicholas Bentner. When I, I called you I my super it. sub. I had, the, I, had the, I had the bruised banana kit and I thought people might mistake me for Michael Thomas. But... <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I don't know what I don't know what you prefer, Michael Thomas or, or Nicholas no, Bentner. No, 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 that's not even a question, is it? Michael you, Thomas all day long. You can choose. You can choose. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the game. Let's hope for a positive result. Absolutely. Uh, let's hope, obviously, for a positive result um, against that lot down the road as well at the weekend. We will be back on Friday. Dan will be back tomorrow uh, doing the team talk. Obviously, a preview of the North London derby. And we'll be back Monday talking about the North London derby and of course uh, tonight's game as well so fingers crossed uh, we can get the wins until we see you again take care of yourselves and each other and up the Arsenal this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network